There it is. Alright, moving on. Did the microphone trick me I've been a sports fan my entire life because all of my friends are horrible people. Yes, Cam had a very bad game. Can we get that on tape? Get that overrated piece of crap out of this conversation. <laughs> are you sure you want this on tape? That's what I was transitioning to. Big time Timmy Jim, Chris Sale, Bartello Cologne. A lot of tears and a lot of beers. I can't argue with anything you say. That Landon stuff will forever be my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Is that coming in loud enough? I, I don't like think not so. Very loud. Is that better? Oh, there, there we go. go. I think that's better. There, there we go. There you go. All right. Yeah, the landing stuff's my favorite part. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> yeah, never gets old. No. It's been a couple weeks since I've heard it, and I, I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, because we missed last week. Yeah. All by myself last week. Yeah. All by myself. Oh, that's interesting. I can record for 602 more hours. Ooh, that's a lot. Challenge Ooh. accepted. <laughs> Goodness. My wife would murder me. <laughs> She'd add it to the list of why she wants to murder me, but... Multiple murders. Yes. Welcome to Late Night Shots. Chris and Brad tonight. How's it going, buddy? Um, Awesome this week. Ask me that again next week. I feel like I'm not going to be saying the same thing, but... Yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into it in five or 40 minutes once we get done talking about this week's mulligan, which is Vontez Perfect. <laughs> and I don't know how many times we can find people on the Raiders to do mulligans on. Like, we skipped all the incognito stuff, I think. Yeah. Which is, I don't even want to talk One about it because it's weird. One of the craziest stories yeah. ever. Look up Richie Incognito and Funeral Home. Funeral Home. Yeah. Weird. Then there was all the Antonio Brown stuff. And now you got Vontez Perfect, who could be the reason for Antonio Brown stuff. Because that was the original hit. The yeah. playoff game. Um, but so Vontez Perfect, yeah. he got suspended for the entire season. But what for? <laughs> this has to be something that he that he has never done before, oh, right? He, he's never done anything inappropriate before or dirty on the field. You know, when you have a timeline of your history of suspensions and ejections on Sports Illustrated. Has he ever played a full season? Uh, Hi, I'm looking for the new iPhone. Oh, Exciting. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, You know, I don't know if he has. Maybe. Because. Because he's been in the league for a while and it says his first violation wasn't until 2016. Okay, so. But then he was off and running. Yeah. But he was the guy. He was supposed to be like a top 15 pick. Yeah. Because he went to Arizona State. Yeah, and he has a history of dirty hits there. Yeah, and he ended up being undrafted. Yeah. Like he cost himself that much money. Um, he's also, I bet you he spent close to a season worth of suspensions. Oh, probably. Um, um, so the first one was that playoff game against the Bengals where he knocked Antonio Brown the F out. Yeah. Like, he was a little birdie and his name is Ronnie. Him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, then stood over him and menaced him. Yeah, and then Joey Porter came out on the field and they got another penalty for that. Yeah. And then the Steelers were in field goal range and yeah. Marvin Lewis still hasn't won a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> so he got suspended three games for that hit. Um, and then he had a dirty hit in the preseason against Anthony Sherman, a fullback for the Chiefs, and got three games for that. Um, he got tossed in that Titans game. Yeah. Which I remember and, we talked about and that. And that one 
had he not had a history of doing things like that, I would say that one was a little BS. Yeah. But he wasn't, he didn't have any further punishment or suspension. It was just, he was tossed and that yeah, was it. Tossed for half the yeah. game. But yeah, that's, that's sort of the, the short leash um, thing where I'm fine with them tossing him for nothing because yeah. he has a history of um, going from nothing to something real quick. Yeah. Uh, he was suspended four games for PED violation, and then this helmet-to-helmet hit on Jack Doyle, which was definitely dirty. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt about any of his hits on players. So, the weird thing is, I'm curious, because um, I imagine he will, he's been suspended for the year, which is, they've never done that for a hit, I don't believe. I'm not sure. But I think they said this is his sixth violation just of that kind it could be um, i don't know if that list i was looking at has all or of six time he's been fined or suspended uh for a hit or something like that but i was thinking about it and i was thinking i bet you he is gonna appeal it or at least try but the people who would have to back him or have his side would be the players union and if you're the union would you like how would you feel about defending a guy who's could you make an argument like we're not going to defend him because he's hurting other like he's intentionally trying to hurt other members of this union yeah like i don't i don't know where i mean i guess they're probably required to to back him or support him but where where would you stand on that if you were the union I think you'd just be like, you know what? We don't want this as part of our product. It makes the rest of us look bad. Yeah. But, if but you, I mean, he is part of the union. I don't know yeah. if he's paid his dues. If they can, I'm sure they have some sort of conduct thing where they can just go, look, if you're not playing in the NFL, you're no longer part of the union. Yeah. Well, maybe if, I don't know if it does, but if his contract's up after this year, then they can just ignore everything he says and be like, oh, you're not. Yeah. But if you want to be a... Have a good laugh. Go look at the longest suspensions. It's just like the longest suspension. Plaxico Burris. <laughs> oh. Is that still going? Uh, no, it was until his release from prison for shooting himself in the leg. Oh, but wow, was, he had like he had such a promising uh, career, and he just really shot himself in the leg on that one. <laughs> nice. Uh, involvement in a bounty program season domestic assault season crashed into and killed a pedestrian season attacked a stripper Wait, was that Dante Stallworth yeah attacked a stripper you want to guess who that was Pac-Man Jones yep um, and then shot a guy outside of the same club yeah uh, or sorry was involved with a shooting allegedly yeah um, you know what's weird about the Dante Stallworth one that he got 30 days in prison? 24. 24, yeah. And you know how less than a month. Yeah, you know how long Michael Vick went to prison for? For letting someone fight dogs on his property? Two years. Yeah. Explain that to me. Welcome to the NFL. <laughs> it's just going through some of these, and it's seeing the suspensions handed out for, like, the reason. Some of them just do not go together. But... Anyway, yeah. But yeah, Vontez perfect. It's definitely um definitely deserved it and 
if I'm in the NFL, I don't give them a contract. I like, wouldn't. if you're any other team, and if I'm the Raiders, I'm looking for a way out of that contract. I don't know. How old is Perfect? Uh, 29 only. I was going to so say. still he, young. Because you would think if he was yeah. a normal player, he would have, yeah, he had a one-year contract. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, if I'm, if I'm the Raiders, I just cut him a check right now, and then. Uh, okay. You don't have to pay him for anything. He's suspended. Oh, that's right. You don't have to pay people while they're suspended, huh? Nope. I was going to say cut cut him a check so you can cut ties today. But yeah, if you're he's not allowed to talk to the team anyway while he's suspended, is he? I don't think so. He's um, losing more money from the suspension. Or no, he's making more money from the Bengals this season than he is losing from his suspension. Because <laughs> the Bengals are paying him 1.7. Maybe the Raiders were on to something. <laughs> because... They were supposed to pay Antonio Brown $31 million this year, and they ended up paying him zero. And Should have seen it coming. They didn't want to pay Khalil Mack, didn't want to pay Antonio Brown. <laughs> now they told Burfin to go out and headhunt, so like they don't have to pay him. There's a new rule. You're not allowed to hit below the shoulder pads. <laughs> it's the reverse Gronk rule. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Oakland definitely wants a mulligan. If you want to take advantage of your mulligan, head to Homestead Farm and Golf in Linden, Washington. Mention late night shots before you're around to get a free small bag of range balls. I almost said it. <laughs> so close. Uh, check out their Cleveland and Triction clubs and apparel in the pro shop. Uh, rates have gone down now that we're into October, so you can get some cheaper golf as we approach the winter months. And make sure to like them on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on their upcoming events, like fun leagues and mini tournaments that they should have going on. So make sure to head to Homestead for all your golfing needs. Yeah. Football. We want to go right into that Facebook question. Let's do it. All right. So get ready to get ready to have some discussion. Well, if you I pick, got thoughts. All right. Well, if you head to Homestead, you might see Michael O'Brien working the counter there. And he actually had a Facebook question for us. And it's he wants to know why in two of the four games the Titans have played, they have looked like a playoff team. In the other two games, they look like Bama could take them. All right. Do you want the long response or the short response? The short response. So Teams have it, identities. All right. I was going to say keep it under 37 minutes. I want the short response. Um. So I think... One, for some reason, and I don't know why, but this has been the case for the last few years while they've been, you know, at least semi-decent, um, they do not play well after a win. I don't know if they celebrate too hard or they get too high on themselves and they don't practice as hard, um, but they, um, so against the Colts and Jaguars, the Colts, I think, just outplayed them and outplanned them. Yeah. The Jaguars, they played on a short week, but the Jaguars also had a short week, so yeah. that I'm not really going to blame. But, you know, when you do play on a Thursday, you have to do basically double double duty on your game planning and everything. You don't have time in between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. But, um, so they're very inconsistent in coming out after a win for some reason i think they're the intensity of their practice tends to vary a little too much and then also what i've noticed because i've watched all four games 
And what I've noticed is the games that heavily relied on Mariota playing well, those are the two games where they looked like garbage. And I, I don't mean to pick on Mariota, but I mean, like, he is he has not been very accurate with his ball placement this year. You've heard me mention that a few times. Yeah. Against Jacksonville, his, he got happy feet. His pocket awareness wasn't there. If his first read wasn't there, he would just kind of sit down and take the sack. Um, and I think that actually may have something to do with why he played so well this year or this week is I think they worked on pocket awareness and footwork and everything because through most of the game, he actually looked pretty decent. Yeah. He was throwing decent balls, granted not overly accurate, but a big improvement from what he's done the rest of the year. And then towards the end of the year, when he got a little more comfortable, you kind of saw that stuff come back. But in the two games that they did look really good, their defense jumped out and attacked right away and put them in a position where they didn't need to lean on the offense because I don't know if they have enough weapons. Yeah, that could be. So, um, do you know which quarterback, or do you know the only quarterback in the league to not have a turnover so far this year? I'm guessing Mariota. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one thing I saw but last week, what I don't know if I mentioned it to you or not. Have you is, watched any of the, um, I'm sure you've seen some of the stuff on like red zone or yeah, whatever. I've seen some of the game. I haven't watched have you like seen, a full game. Have you seen his ball placement? Even on complete throws, they're, they're not great. I think I do remember seeing one where uh, I think Brown did catch it, but it was it if was he would have led the receiver, it, it would have been the, a long play, but uh, instead he had to like reach behind him, catch it, and he kind of just went down. Yeah, it was the, I think the, First big play against Cleveland. I don't remember that. Yeah, sounds right. Um, I think it might have been at the beginning of the year. But yeah, so that that's one thing. Also, their offensive line thus far has been really inconsistent because they haven't had Taylor Lewan, which now he's coming back. But I mean, regardless of if you have Taylor Lewan or not, they they can't play as poorly as they did when they're. I think they're just very young and I want to say momentum based. So when things are going their way, everyone plays better and yeah. they sort of get a little disheartened when things aren't going their way. And that's why they look not great a lot of times, but you could see their offense take a nice jump when the comes back. Um, one of the things I looked up before the better, well, for this, they're playing the Bills yeah, this week. Well, this is the reason why. Before, it was before the Atlanta game, and I think he might have had one more, where Mariota, through three games, had the second most 40-plus yard plays. Yeah. But he also was sacked the most in the league. Like, yeah. I know part of that was the nine against Jacksonville. But he, he does but sit in the pocket yeah. a lot, because I think, and the way I heard it described... Um, I never thought about it, but I think it was either Greg Cosell or maybe Ross Tucker or someone was describing progressions that quarterbacks go through. Mm -hmm. Like when they're rookies or whatever, they throw a lot of picks. Then they go go through a phase where they don't want to throw picks, so they hang on to the ball longer, and they take a lot of sacks, and then they move on um, to 
you know, finding a happy medium and, you know, not taking sacks, but also not throwing, or it's maybe it was the ones who do find a way to do that. Those are the, the keepers and the franchise quarterbacks. That makes sense. So he may be stuck in that phase. Um, and he has been pushing the ball downfield a lot more. I know I criticized him a lot about that over the last <laughs> five years, but a lot of those 40 plus yard plays were five yard passes that were broken like the 75 yard Derrick Henry screen pass yeah. and things of that nature. I thought so those stats can be watered down. Yeah. Just... But he um other than I don't think he's putting his legs into the into the throw as much as he should and driving the ball and that's why some of the longer passes sail a little bit. That could be. And the shorter ones don't quite have the zip on them. It should be better now that Luan's coming back. Yeah. So I guess my answer to Michael is um, the reason they look like either awesome or terrible is uh, because they're the Titans. Yeah, because <laughs> teams have identities. Oh. And also I think it just kind of depends on how the game starts and their really momentum. Like if things are going their way, they they it's, it kind of snowballs. And then if things way, aren't snowball. going their way, it snowballs. Yeah. Sticking in that division, we'll get to our first recap for the week. Jaguars-Broncos, and this is the one Alex wanted to talk about. Are the Broncos the most disappointing team in the NFL this year? It's getting pretty scary if you're a Broncos fan. Sorry, Josh. But you you do have to think about, too, that they could be, what, 3-1? Yeah. Because they have two game-winning field goals against them. Mm -hmm. And then there's that weird Raiders game at the beginning of the year. Uh Oh. But, I mean, like were, I would say they were they up probably, seventeen to three in this game. Yeah, I, and I think I would say, well, I mean, they were playing against a wizard. This is true. That mustache magic. Yeah. Um, by the way, Teddy and the Jags is rocking a Minshew mustache. I saw that. He sent me a picture of that. Short foot Ted's looking real good. But yeah, I would say just for the. This is starting to look a lot like a couple years ago when the Broncos' defense just openly gave up because the offense couldn't put up points. But see, I, I don't was thinking think that, about that because you I mentioned don't that think at the beginning of the year. Too far away from that happening again. Obviously, they're not at that point yet. You can't be at that point after four games. Um, but I mean. You mentioned that the defense thing about how they just kind of give up because the offense isn't scoring. But the offense has been scoring, which is the part I don't get. Like, they put up points. They've put up a couple touchdowns every game. And the offense is moving the ball. Which in the past, they'd be at, like, 10 points with yeah. a lucky touchdown or a defensive <laughs> touchdown. But now it seems like the offense is moving the ball. And especially in this Jaguars game. Like, if you knew the Broncos were up two touchdowns against the Jaguars, the game should be over. Like, yeah. that Broncos defense shouldn't give up 23 points in the second half. Yeah, the only thing that could make that happen is if, like, Leonard Fournette <laughs> rushed for 185 yards or something. Yeah, uh, that was crazy. Oh, no, 225. Yeah, because he's second most ever for in Jaguars history, I think. Uh, sounds about right. I Behind think. MJD or no, Fred, Fred Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor, the king of getting a ton of yards and no touchdowns. Yes, and 
he made a Pro Bowl his last season, I think. Yeah. Because they were talking about him. Would he be the first Hall of Famer to never make the Pro Bowl? And that was in New England when he made it? Or was it his last season in Jacksonville? I think it was his last season in Jacksonville. He finally made it. Uh, let's see. 74 career touchdowns. Fragile Fred? That's his nickname? Really? Because he played forever, and I don't remember maybe, him missing a ton of games. Maybe he got it at the beginning of his career because he went 12 games, or 15 games, 10 games, 13 games, 2 games. Hmm. But then it was pretty much full seasons after that. Gets yeah. better with age. It must have been, yeah, 2007. So his 10th year in the league, he finally made the Pro Bowl. <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7,000-yard seasons. He had a 1,600-yard season and didn't make the Pro Bowl. Wow. There must have been some crazy running backs that year. But, yeah, or so, not. So Fournette went off in this game. Minshew had that insane touchdown where he avoided yeah. like five guys and just ducked under kept, one of them. Yeah. Just danced around. He's like, I have like a mustache. I, like can't I touch said, me. he's a wizard. Yeah. So now you got the Jags at two and two. What, every team in your division it is two It is a four-way tie for the top. Nice. And like I, like I told Teddy, the best part of being in the AFC South is the... The season doesn't start till like week nine because everyone's always knotted up <laughs> right in the middle of the season. I did hear them talking about it on a podcast. They're like, it's AFC South. Like, it doesn't matter till week 15. And then one of the teams yeah. plays the other team twice and beats them and they go to the playoffs. And then. Yeah. Which Tennessee plays Houston twice in the last four weeks. So, uh, there you go. Or maybe it's last three. I don't know. But yeah, no, that it's a weird division because with the exception of like the Jack. Jags two win seasons or the Titans three win seasons whatever it's usually first place and at least third place or rarely more than four games three four games yeah and that's usually closer to two for most of the season but yeah so it was interesting I think it's promising for Jacksonville because yeah they're starting to look like they actually have some offense. Um, yeah, uh, what's it? DJ Chark has a touchdown in every game. Yep. So does Tyroyal Smoochie Wallace. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, Chark uh, looks good. Obviously, Minshew, yeah. the second. Um, if D.D. Westbrook gets going, and Fournette, obviously, he's not going to do this again. Yeah. Like, he's not Jay Ajayi. He's not going to have back to back 200 yard games. <laughs> But you don't know that. That's true, because no one thought J.H.I.E. could have one, much less two of them. Yeah, and, I mean, they both have knee issues, so... Actually, no, Fournette's an ankle. Yeah, ankle. But, but going from a running back... So that's the that's the one difference between him and J.H.I.E., is the ankle yes. versus the, the only knee. difference. Um, from um, a running back putting up numbers you would not expect to a quarterback putting up a stat line you just would not expect. <laughs> Did you see how many times in yards... Jared Goff threw. 68? Uh, yeah, I think it was four. like 45 for 68 for 518 or something like that. And you hear 518 yards. It's like, oh, that's a lot of yards. But this is very reminiscent of that Ravens-Steelers game where Big Ben threw like 66 times for 510 yards. Yeah. It's like you still averaged under 8 yards in the test. 7.6. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't have a great game. You By the way. threw a lot. Jameis averaged 9.4. Yeah. And threw for... 385. So this was a weird game because... Boom. Upgraded. Oh, th- Honestly, it doesn't feel any different. I don't think it's... That's me. It's usually not that loud. 
if I'm not plugged in. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so this was a weird game because Tampa Bay got up 21 nothing yep. right away. Yep. Then yep, the Rams, Rams come back, make it 17-28 at halftime, if I that sounds remember right. correctly. It just the yeah. Rams kept trying to get in the game, then, and they're like, "Wait a minute, we have to play defense too. Yeah. Like, can't we just have the ball and score?" So then it was getting close to the end of the game, and I Jeez. think Tampa Bay was up by fifteen or uh, something. I think it was basically like if they went down, scored any points, the game was going to be over. It was, and then forty-five to thirty-four. Yeah, and then Marcus Peters catches. Uh, an interception somehow avoids getting knocked out of bounds by his own players, then avoids everyone, gets into the end zone and gets lit up. He got annihilated. Like, it was yeah. such a hard hit. And I think all his teammates standing over him celebrating, that was a cover. They're like, we're going to do this so that when we help you up, it's not obvious. I don't think he knew where he was. No, but he got hit full speed. And I want to say clean. By it was clean because yeah. the guy he was going at the shoulder. Yeah. If anything hit the helmet, it was kind of a glancing thing. But also, I would was, say that was clean. Um, now it's you could three hundred twenty pound man or however big he is yeah. running full speed. Yeah. It's like he's not going to be able to pull up. Yeah. But um, who was it? Donovan Richie Smith. Incognito. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was Fontes Perfect. <laughs> what do Donovan Smith and Richie Incognito have in common? They both tried to take someone's head off. <laughs> if you don't get that joke, Google Richie Incognito Funeral Home. See? Bringing it back to the beginning of the episode. Um, Let's see. How big is Donovan Smith? Um, but yeah, if you... So after that... 340 pounds, 6 yeah. foot 6. After that, then it looks like the Rams are going to come back and you're like, oh, the Bucks are being the Bucks. Yeah. Um and Jameis is gonna put up another awesome game in a loss. <laughs> then like they just kinda didn't win after yeah, that. They had an eleven play, seventy two yard drive that took five and a half minutes and ended in a field goal from inside the five. Yep. And so down eight, two minutes to go, or two and a half minutes to go. It's like, oh, if they get down and score, like we could be going to overtime. Donkey Kong, yeah. fumble return for a touchdown, yeah. game over. Yeah. Did you see how many points were scored in the fourth quarter of this game? 44. Yeah. So in And the first... they said, I think this is the highest scoring game in Bucks history, yeah, Bucks history, which is weird because they had that one Super Bowl. I mean, I guess there was... <laughs> nice. Um, uh. I guess the Bucks scored about the same as they did against the Raiders, but the Rams, did, the Rams scored about 40 more points than the Raiders <laughs> nice. did in that Super Bowl. Yeah, so there were 13 points scored in the first and third quarter total. There were 82 points scored in the second and fourth quarter. That is crazy. That's a lot. I hope a lot of people bet the over. Oh, gosh. I wonder what the over-under was in this game. Uh, sometimes it tells you easily on here, but I don't know where it is. Uh, come on. It's usually over on the left. 49. So Tampa beat the over, thanks to Donkey Kong. And was there four defensive touchdowns in this game? Peters, if I remember Donkey correctly, Kong. Uh, the interception by Tampa Bay, and 
Who scored the second one for the Rams? I think it was just those two. Well, because the box score has two for each. Two defensive touchdowns? Yeah. Peyton Barber, Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, Todd Gurley, Gerald Everett, Ronald Jones, Cameron Brait, Todd Gurley, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, and then the last two touchdowns of the game were both defensive, so just the two. Huh. Yeah. Why does this have... Where are you looking at this is defensive touchdowns? Right here. So this last column is defensive touchdowns. Has two for them and two for them. That's weird. Yeah. Um, it looks like it is just adding them. Because if you look, Donkey Kong has one and Marcus Peters has one and those are the only ones there. So it looks like they just messed up. Oh, okay. So they just went total for the game and put that in there? Yeah. Um, but if you want to talk about defensive touchdowns, Chiefs-Lions. <laughs> Nice. That play was crazy. like, And the refs didn't screw it up. Yeah, That's the I, weird part. I was like, I was like, all right, so they're obviously scared to blow the whistle, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, but he, carry on was, carry on my way, what's up? I don't know if it counts when you do He it. was definitely down, and then they showed the replay. And he wasn't. Was not. And yeah. he hadn't crossed the... Uh, he hadn't crossed the plane. Yeah. He just kind of went for it and... Ball because he was out. in there on all those bodies, he didn't touch the ground, and the ball pops out, and it sits there for a second. And Brashad Breland, yes, he's like, "Ooh, piece of candy," James Wood style. Yeah. And he picks it up and runs away. And he sort of at first almost looked like the like no one else is moving. Like, did they blow the whistle? Yeah. And then just keeps going. And it was so weird watching it on TV because like Red Zone goes to it, and they're showing the play, and you're trying to see if he's down. And because uh, I feel like this is going to start playing something. Yep. Nice. Every time I open a new page. At no. least it's doing it immediately now and not yeah. waiting. That's nice. But it just took so long and it was weird that they didn't blow a whistle down because no one was moving. Because usually they do. They come running in. Yeah, usually if the rest of the team isn't moving, they'll blow the whistle and just say, hey, he wouldn't have scored if everyone else was trying. Yeah. Which I'm not and a big fan of, but... That play won the Chiefs the game because I don't know if they win the game without it. Because I, I don't will remember say, what time was it? Third quarter when that happened? Yes, because that was their second to last touchdown. Let's see. Play by play. No, I don't. Was that play the weirdest thing that happened in this game, or was it the fact that Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown? Uh, that was. was yeah, third quarter with nine minutes left is when it happened. Yeah, so that was weird. Or, like, just the fact that the Lions have a flair for the dramatic. Yes. Them and the Chargers, which we talk about all the time. Yeah, but, I mean, the Lions, the one year that I'm like, nope, not buying in. Every year I'm like, you know, they could be a sneaky team. They could be good. This is the one year I went, nope, not buying yeah. in. Not letting you trick me this year. And then they're doing it. They may be. Now that I said that, they'll they'll just lose ten in a row. <laughs> but uh, they'll go from two zero oh, and one to three nine and two. Yeah, they're two one and one now. Yeah, but yeah. So um, Kansas City scores with twelve minutes left in the fourth to go up by four. Finally, and then the Lions have a nice drive after I think two punts, 
They go down and score a touchdown with two and a half minutes left, but they left too much time on the clock. The Chiefs score with 20 seconds left. Yeah, and that was the Galladay dragging the foot may or may not have been in bounds one. Yes, and I agree. I think that's that's one where he was in bounds. Because that's was the one where... Depending he, on the angle, but... It that's, looks like that's his one. foot dragged and then came up and kicked or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's yeah, in. But, and that's I think that's one where it's there wasn't enough to overturn it either yeah. way. So had they ruled it not a catch, there's, there wasn't enough to say it was a catch. Yeah, probably. Um, so you had the Brashad Bieland thing, the Kenny Galladay catch, the fact that Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown, and that weird lateral from Kelsey to McCoy. That was, yeah. And it was like instant. Definitely wasn't a play call. It was just Kelsey's like, like hey, look, Shady's open. Yeah. Toss it to him. Like he's like, all right, well, he's faster, and I'm going to get laid out in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know how that works for fantasy? I actually had a conversation about this with my dad because he had Kelsey. And he's like, does he get the yardage for up to that point or does he just get the catch and McCoy gets the yardage? Because I don't know if they can split it up. They can. So the guy, uh, I'm spacing on his name, the Yahoo fantasy guy, Andy Barons, I think. Sure. Um, he said that for Yahoo at least, um, Kelsey gets the catch and the yards up to that point. So he gets the 15 yards yeah. or whatever it and was. And then uh, LaShawn McCoy gets all the rest of the yards as receiving yards, but he doesn't get a catch. Oh, okay. Which makes me think that if that was his only catch of the game, he would have had 15 receiving yards or whatever and no, and catches, no catches, which would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that was... This game ended up being very interesting, high-scoring but not the way I thought it would be. And the Chiefs are lucky this game happened in the beginning of the season because I don't know if you've heard my theory about teams and identities. Well, that's only in the playoffs. But late season, oh, just late season. After about week 11 or 12, they tend to, the product uh, starts to spoil and then it just full-on rots in the the playoffs. Oh, at first I thought you were talking about Detroit, but then you said playoffs and it's like, oh, that can happen. Yeah, so... um, yeah, so I think if this game happens in week 13, the Chiefs definitely lose. Yeah. Just because they're the Chiefs. You mentioned... But, spoil- oh, go ahead. Um, Sounds like you have one more thing. Oh, I was just going to comment on how calm and collected Mahomes looked on that last drive. Like, not panicked at all, just kind of moving down the field. He knew exactly what he needed to do. Yeah, he looked like a vet. Yeah. Um, like... I was, I was just, yeah, which a lot of, even a lot of veteran quarterbacks would have, would have been a little panicky in that situation, you know, oh my God, they just scored and now we have to go down here and score again. Yeah. But Mahomes wasn't the only young quarterback to lead his team to a victory because Carson Wentz was able to do the same thing against Gardner the Packers. Gardner oh. Yeah. It's kind of a theme <laughs> when Winston is the veteran leading his team to a win. Uh, yeah, the that Eagles. was a crazy game because I thought for sure Packers destroy the Eagles because they started off slow in the three previous yeah, games. The ah, I turned the it volume off on this computer. Okay. Um, but that's but, the thing. These Thursday night games. Because this was the Thursday night game, right? Yes. Yeah, the Thursday night games are so hard to tell. Yeah. So I thought. Um, I thought, okay, they've started off slow in every game so far. 
they're playing on a short week in Green Bay against a good secondary. Like no a good way defense they win. in general. Yeah, but I thought no way they win. Um, I was wrong. And even to your point, Green Bay, their first drive went down and scored a touchdown easy. Yes, I think it was their first drive. Yeah, and even with Philadelphia not being able to um, stop or even contain Devonte Adams. Yeah, because they're uh, the, Darby or no. I think it was a uh, Sidney Jones. No, it was like Max something. What is it? I'm trying to think of their corner for Philly who got hurt. I think it was something. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the guy who got knocked out by um, Avante Maddox. Oh, he's the one who was playing. Yeah, I was trying to think of the guy he was playing for. Like the starting corner oh, was hurt. Okay, yeah, I was like, I think Sidney Jones was okay. the one who was out. But yeah, Avante Maddox was on him, and you could tell. Not only did they want to get Devontae Adams a touchdown, oh, they had Avante on Devontae. Nice. Um, but you could tell they liked that matchup. And it and was they, obvious why, and they actually did a good job on the um, on the show talking about it, that you could see he was just constantly bailing out and giving up the sideline in short passes because he didn't want to get beat deep. And, um, like, every time they threw the ball to him it looked like Devonte was wide open oh, like yeah. he was beating him bad on yeah. every route because he ended up with 10 for 180 and yeah in the first half he had seven for 158 seven or eight maybe it was eight maybe it was eight total i think at one point yeah, i thought i remembered eight for 158 yeah well it, it might have been another catch after that because i remember oh, okay. at one point he had 158 it wasn't even halftime and his career high was 166 <laughs> Um, uh, I and I think he you. may have eclipsed his career high in the first half. I'm trying to see if it tells you. No, no, it doesn't. I was trying to see if it told you how many catches at a certain point a guy had, but it doesn't. Yeah. And like the Bucks Rams game, this one had a lot of points in the second quarter as well because Philly put up 21 and Green Bay put up 13. So what if I told you this? Um, you haven't seen this game that yeah. you've seen the previous three weeks. Aaron Rodgers, 34 of 53 for 422 and two touchdowns. Carson Wentz, 16 for 27 for 160 and three touchdowns. Who won that game? See, the three touchdowns thing yeah. is weird. But then I didn't mean to read that, but I was just going across the stat yeah. line. But would you think I just Eagles... Would, seeing the like, low amount of yards that... Um, Wentz threw for you figured the Packers had like some bad three and outs or couldn't run the ball or something. Yeah. Which then you go look and they could not run the ball at all. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Not a had, problem for the Eagles. No. They were opening up huge running holes. Oh, yeah. Because what? Um, Aaron Jones was 13 for 21. He could not get going. Aaron Rodgers was their leading rusher by over double. Five for 46. But Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders were 26 for 159. Yes. And so the Eagles were able to just run the ball. Jordan Howard had three what, touchdowns. A clear game, maybe? I don't know if he's ever had a better game, but um, 15 for 87 and 3 for 28. I don't know if he's had better. I he may have had some that were close because he had some huge games in Chicago. Yeah. Um, trying to but, pull up his game. Yeah, so little. Aaron Rodgers. And I didn't know until they announced it on the. Um, during the game that the Eagles had the number three rush defense in the league. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Um, they looked like the number one rush defense this game. I mean, the, the Packers couldn't get anything going. They actually resorted at the end of the game to doing just a lot of short, like two-yard passes and shovel passes just to get Aaron Jones the ball. That was their running game, basically. Yeah. Um, it ended up it being was, a good Thursday night game. It was but a I want to say this is very entertaining game. Has this been every Thursday night game? No. Or maybe three in a row where the underdog is one. Oh, where the underdog is one. Yeah. Uh Because it seems like the underdog yes. just keeps winning. Or the away team, at least. Because I thought I remembered Carolina lost to Tampa. In Carolina, right? Or was that uh, in Tampa? I, I'm not sure where it was. Because uh, I know... Well, week three doesn't count. Oh, that's right. That uh, was your, your game, right? Week three doesn't count. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, it so is the game you're mu- thinking uh, of that didn't happen. So a mustache upset. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Perry lost on in week two, right? Yeah. And then I don't remember, who was the week opening? one. Week one was Bears Packers, and I think the Packers were the underdog in that one. Were they? Because it was at Soldier Field. So yeah, so they would have been underdogs. So the underdogs lost or won every game, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That's. I don't know who plays. So who's the underdog tomorrow? Who plays tomorrow night? Oh, it's Rams Seahawks, and I bet you the Hawks are the favorite. No, the Rams are one point favorites. Are I think they is what in I saw last. LA? I thought it was no. In it's Seattle. in Seattle. Oh, so they're um, originally the Rams were like three and a half, and then after the games this weekend, it dropped down to one. I think. Oh, okay. Well, we can get to that one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, this game was very entertaining. Um, and not even like it was very entertaining because I was expecting it to be a blowout. And it turned out to be watchable. Like it was one of the best games this season. Yeah, it was just entertaining the whole time. Yeah. If you want some entertainment, we're actually doing a new contest. Ooh, entertain me. Yeah. Um, this is in partnership with Homestead, where the winner of the contest gets a round for two, no cart, which you don't want because it's wintertime, so you probably want to walk anyway because you're going to have to cart path it. You end up walking twice as much if you go path only. Remember that time the four of us played golf at Homestead and we had a cart? It took, it took like six hours. I was going to say it took at least two extra hours. Yeah. So anyway, it's with Homestead, and it's going to be during week seven. You will need to pick the winners of the three primetime games that week. Chiefs at Broncos, Eagles at Cowboys, Patriots at Jets, and send us a score for the Pats at Jets game. And we'll post the games online, but the reason we're saying this on the podcast is that you need to send them in to us on social media, Facebook or Twitter, when use the code late night to be able to be entered into it. Um, we'll keep talking about it as it approaches, but the winner will end up getting that round for two from Homestead. So make sure to send that in with the code late night. All right, I'm just going to start picking them then flip-flopping then changing till i've done every combination by week seven so that way after the monday night game i can go oh i almost had it <laughs> um since it'll be you entering into a competition all three games will be a tie <laughs> uh, yeah the refs will just start blowing whistles randomly um I was trying to think of a good ref blowing whistles randomly for one of these games coming up. Well, there was the worst call in history. The Packers-Seahawks fail Mary. I don't think that's the worst call in history. Yep. It's a horrible call. Worst call in history. 
And the Packers are one of the <laughs> teams where sort of the Hawks, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so Packers game first. Yeah, we can just keep talking about the Packers since yeah. we finish with the recap. Thing. The Packers have been in every segment yeah. so far, so why not? Yeah. Uh, Packers Cowboys is the Sunday night game. Yeah, I think. Yes. Is this a Sunday night game or is it just a Sunday afternoon game? Give me. I have it. Depending right. on how fast my computer so it's is, the Sunday afternoon game. It's a Sunday afternoon game. Yeah, one of two afternoon games. That's it. Denver Chargers and Green Bay at Dallas, and I is I don't think Devonte Adams is playing right because doesn't he have turf toe? Yes. So he's out. So you're gonna have to see a big game from Jimmy Graham or Marquez Valdez Scantling or Geronimo Allison. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's gonna, it's gonna be tough. Happen. Um, especially with how good the Cowboys' defense looked. Yeah, and they have Chidobe Awuzie. <laughs> He's probably Cowboys... going to take away MVS, I would guess. Yeah, I would think so. Because he's... Well, Geronimo's he... the number... Nah, yeah. It's kind of Geronimo's your underneath guy and MVS is your deep guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Cowboys looked good last week against Teddy Two Gloves. But... Uh... Not to be confused with Shortfoot Ted. <laughs> yeah. But if the Packers aren't at full health, and they really... One of the things I noticed in yeah. that the Eagles-Packers game was the Packers' O-line got beat up. Yeah. And if the Packers can't run the ball, that's just going to corner them farther. Yeah, I could see the Packers' offense putting up very similar numbers where it's Rodgers throwing 50 times and the running back's not doing anything. Yeah. Except it'll be like a 20-17 to 17 type game. Yeah. So it should be an interesting game. In what? They both teams are three and one. Yes. So it's in Dallas. Um, Dak's been looking good this year. The Cowboys look like a really good team. Um, I don't know. It, I wish this was the. What is the Sunday night game? I was going to say I wish it was the Sunday night game, but I it don't know what the Sunday night Colts game. Colts Chiefs. Okay. Which, I when would, they arranged that game, looked yeah. like a good game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it still should be a good game because Brissett looks pretty good, but I think I'd rather see Green Bay-Dallas on the Sunday night game. Yeah. It helps that there's only two games on Sunday afternoon, so you should be able to see almost all of it. Uh, I think I'm yeah. leaning Cowboys here. I I think I have to. Yeah. Um, which is weird because I don't like the Cowboys, and I think I've been picking them in almost every time <laughs> I've had to. Um, but... I just remembered we were going to finish that game, and I remember why. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> if only we had talked about this prior. Yeah. It wasn't on the schedule. That's not next on the list. <laughs> oh. Speaking of next on the list, Landon's game is Rams-Hawks. Um, this is the game tomorrow night, right? This, well, this is tonight when people hear this. I think this game has the widest potential. And in that both teams have looked really good and really confusing this season yeah um so rams got dominated last week the, hawks barely beat the Bengals in week one yeah this could be the ugliest game of the week it could also come down to the wire going to overtime be crazy like with the way the seahawks ran the ball last week it's not gonna be the ugliest game of the week that honor belongs to cardinals bengals mm. <laughs> 
or, I or mean, there anything is a, involving the Dolphins or Redskins. I was going to say, there is a game that's going to be over by about 13 minutes left in the first quarter, and that's Pats-Redskins. Yeah. I don't want to talk about the Patriots. It just makes me angry. Uh, do you think the Rams' defense has got to be better than last week, right? Like, you can't, can't be, be worse. worse. Um, Especially now, now, it's weird to... It's weird because there's certain things you can say where it's like, oh, well, they, you know, they made a lot of good plays and they had a defensive touchdown and all that, mm-hmm. but they allowed 55 points. Well, yeah. they, they didn't allow 55 points. They, they allowed, allowed 48. 48. Eight, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they just, they couldn't keep Jameis Winston under, although Jameis Winston's weird. He's either the best quarterback in the league or the worst like he, d- he doesn't do a lot of middling yeah <laughs> he's like the titans of quarterbacks yes. <laughs> doesn't do well after a win you think you gotta think but, that the bucks if winston's on like they have the best do they have the best weapons on offense around him i would say so i really like godwin godwin and, evans bright yeah. howard yeah and then you got two okay running backs yeah, but you don't really need when, running backs. Yeah, when you're ball. using those receivers, those running backs are effective. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean they're very dangerous, and I I love Bruce Arians, <laughs> so I I always give bonus points for that, even though I probably shouldn't. Yeah, but the the way that the Bucks beat up the Rams through the air, the Hawks have looked good through the air. They've had to throw it a lot more than they probably want to. But Wilson's had some really good games. DK Metcalf has looked a lot better than I expected. Yeah, he had that nice catch against the Saints. Yes. Which did not matter at all. Yeah, but he's um, still... I think um, he is like third in red zone targets this year. That sounds about right. Only behind his teammate, Will Disley. <laughs> well, that was all from last week. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know if, if the Rams' secondary struggles and Marcus Peters is still dead... <laughs> I... The I Hawks don't see throw for a lot in this I game. don't see how after that hit you can let Marcus Peters play this week with their concussion protocol cuz it's the NFL. Well, like I said, the way the protocol's supposed to go um yeah. and Marcus Peters is kind of dumb anyway, so like you know. Did you hear what um, or no? Never mind. Oh well. Yeah, so I think this could be an interesting game. Obviously, it's a division game, and those always, even if the teams aren't that close in talent, division games tend to have a higher chance of being close or being. And whoever wins this game has a chance to be in first place in the division. Um, the loser will be in third place because both teams are three and one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both teams are three and one. Behind the Niners, who are three and zero, and they're looking to go four and zero on Monday night against the Browns. That I don't know if you saw the picture of the daughters from Grown Ups. No, where it's like David David Spade, I think, has the three daughters in that movie. And yeah, it's the two like models and the short dumpy so it's girl. The three and zero teams. Well, yeah, it's yeah. like the Chiefs, the Patriots, and the Niners. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of what it's like because, like, you wouldn't think of the Niners as being one of the undefeated teams right now. Well, I mean. They are a made thirty-four yard field goal away from being three and or two and one, uh, and then didn't which, they almost? Which lose? game was that? The Bucks. 
The Bucks. That was against the Giants. Was it? What happened in the? I thought there was. Some, oh no, maybe it was just close at the end, and then the Niners came down. Yeah, that's right. The Bucks hit the doinker against the Giants. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, the Bucks didn't have a great game when they played them. I. The Niners game that was weird was the Steelers game two week well their last game in week three where they had five turnovers and still won. That's right. I remembered something about the they beat the Bucks by fourteen opening week. The Niners did. Gotcha. But yeah, I again like the it's it's a cliche, but you are what your record says you are. Like they don't make the schedule. Yeah. But. I mean, honestly. They looked good against the Bucks. They dominated the Bengals. They looked terrible against the Steelers, but they're yeah. still, still able to pull it out. Yeah. I mean, here here's the thing. Do you think you'd have a hard time picking five three-and-one teams that could beat the 49ers? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but one of those two-and-two two teams even that might beat them is the Browns. And the Browns, they looked good last week. but they, They've sort of tightened it. Yeah. <laughs> they've looked... Um, Ironically, against the Titans, they looked really bad. Yeah. In their two losses, they looked embarrassing. Yes. And then their two wins, they've looked pretty good. Well, one of them was against the Jets. But with Still. Luke Falk. Yes. Right? Because who's, um, who's the guy who broke his leg? Man, I'm trying to think of it. I should know this. This Simeon. is something Trevor I Trevor Simeon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right, because I can't say Simeon. Yeah. Like, I have to catch myself. (laughs) Um, It's going to be interesting for the Browns to see if Jarvis Landry plays. He got a concussion in the third quarter last week. So who knows how he's going to be. It seems like Mayfield and OBJ haven't really connected yet. Because OBJ has been struggling to put up numbers. Um, But Like you said, it depends on which Browns team shows up. Because Monday night, they got to go across the country to San Fran, which is really in San Jose, Santa Clara, Santa Clara. Okay. Um, I don't. So, I think I think the Niners are actually decent. I think they're better than people give them credit for, but I don't think I. I really like the Browns' front seven, and I think their defense is gonna give the Forty ers fits. They could, and and. I always believe that games are won and lost in the trenches. So yeah. I think if they can get to the quarterback um, and not commit 18 penalties, yeah. then I like the Browns in this one. Speaking of being able to get to the quarterback easy, Falcons-Texans. <laughs> I, I can't think of a better transition yeah. because both of those teams cannot protect their quarterback. No. And the Falcons at least tried to with drafting offensive linemen, but they just all are getting hurt. And that's something Landon talked about during the preseason that it had started then and just keeps going. Yeah. And they, the Falcons, I don't know what goes on with their training program, but it seems like this is what the fourth year in a row now when we've been talking about major early season injuries. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's their field. Because um, Keanu um, Neal's done for the year already. Yeah. They have a couple of offensive linemen that are out. Uh, And then a couple that are playing injured. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, I do think Deshaun Watson 
maybe it was week three. I don't remember who they played. Because yeah. he had tied the record for most times being sacked four more times games in a row. Yeah. I didn't say that very well. but Four more times in a game consecutively. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he takes a lot of shots even like when he's scrambling and yeah. stuff. He doesn't go out of bounds, which I, I respect that he wants to gain every yard. But, dude, <laughs> you're not going to be able to help your team when you're in a no. wheelchair. He was only sacked twice in week three, but he made for, up for it last week against the Panthers by being sacked six yeah. times. Yeah. So he's still averaging that four per game. <laughs> yeah, but and this is just the a... Falcons, they look so bad. These are both teams that should be better. Like, they came into the season with high hopes. You know, Deshaun Watson returning. You got Hopkins. Um, and then the Falcons, who... Are the Falcons over the last, we'll say, four years? Are they the most disappointing high talent roster? Like, have you seen more talent on paper that has had less done with it? It's got to be them, right? I mean, they made it to a Super Bowl, but then I don't know if you guys remember what happened in that Super Bowl. Other than that, though, like, they've won. I think that year might have been the only time they even won playoff games. Um, no, I think they beat the Rams the year before that. Yeah, because that was the weird... Goff's rookie year. Yeah, because that was my my birthday night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know... What was it? It's been a, longer than those four years, but they had... like Going all the way back to the when they NFC had Championship against... I think it was the NFC Championship against the Hawks, right? Didn't they blow a lead in that game, too? I think think so i think that was the nfc championship i mean as far as a stretch of just having really talented roster like if you just look on paper and you're not factoring in injuries and things like that you look at the roster on paper they've had a top five roster for at least four or five years yeah especially on offense which if you have a top five offense you should be able to make a deep run yeah and they just always seem to come up short uh, and this game's going to be weird because we were talking about before the podcast where the Texans are 2-2 two and two with a zero-point differential and all their games have been within one score. They are about as 500 as you get. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, say you're playing a game or something and you end up tied with your buddy and it's like, oh, the first 30 minutes we spent, like, yeah. it didn't matter. Yeah. So that's kind of the Texans. Like, they're 2-2. Two and two. The points are the same. <laughs> and uh, they're... At least Deshaun Watson can still get on planes. <laughs> and we're, I'm still not sure what to think of them. I want to think they're good, but that line worries me. Yeah, I don't. And especially when in. When Larry Tunsil's the highlight of your offensive line, yeah. it's not good. Um, I'm trying to look up how many sacks the Falcons have. And also. It can't be very many. Especially because Keanu Neal's out for the year. What's yeah. their linebacker? Dion, Dion Jones? Jones is healthy. Yeah. And then they have Grady Jarrett yeah. and Vic Beasley. And Adrian Claiborne. Yeah, like all big names. And Desmond Trufant, too. They still have some players, but it's, they also have a lot of... Yeah. Keanu Neal was a big loss. Yeah. Uh, they do have a handful of sacks. Let's see what's it say here. The five... Actual handful. They have five, <laughs> they have five sacks on the air. Um, so over under two and a half sacks for the Falcons against the Texans. 
That's tough, because I'm going to say over, just because I think there's going to be a couple times where Deshaun gets a little fancy and dances around. Yeah. Um, plus, I mean, when you have Claiborne, Jarrett, Beasley, Jones, not that Jones does a ton of blitzing and everything, but when you have that much talent on your defense and you're playing against a bad offensive line, so I'm going to say this game's a tie. Texans keep the 500 thing. Um, but nice. no, I'm I'm just curious. I'm curious to see if either of these teams will show um, any signs of, like any upside, really. The Falcons have been in some really ugly games this year. Like, the and Titans took it to them. Yeah, from the get-go. Yeah, which, and what's weird is, the Falcons are one and three, right? Yes, and the Texans are two and two. Yeah, but Julio has touchdowns. Yeah, which it doesn't make sense. So they play better when they don't throw the ball to Julio in the red zone. That is not a word. Um, yeah, Julio. It's it's, it's actually spelled Quintoris. Yeah, it's spelled Q U I N. Let's see. I was looking at the Falcons' schedule. They lost by. 16, won by four, lost by three, and lost by 14. But that Titans, like, yeah, you would think they lost by 40 in that game. Um, yeah, I, I think the Texans break their identity and they win by more than a touchdown in this game. But it's one of those ones where I'm pretty sure this is one of the ones that's in the Vegas zone in that four and a half to five and a half. Yeah. I just and, don't trust this game. Um, do you think this comes down to the matchup between Desmond Trufant and DeAndre Hopkins or well if it does then it's in the Texans favor because I like I like Trufant but he cannot do anything against Hopkins two words catch radius <laughs> you put that ball anywhere within five yards of DeAndre Hopkins he's coming down with it yeah he's like Larry Fitzgerald on steroids <laughs> he's like Larry Fitzgerald 20 years ago <laughs> But real quick, Fitzgerald actually became the number two receiver of all time. Yep. Um, in a game where they were down like 17, it didn't matter. And, and I, the thing I love, he didn't stop to celebrate. He got up, placed the ball, because they were running the hurry-up offense. Yeah, I think they were down two scores, so they were trying to. Yeah. Yeah, it, the game was basically over. No one would have blamed him for getting up and doing a little celebration. Yeah. No change in the look on his face. Gets up places the ball goes and lines up and gets ready for the next play like that's who he is yeah and it's so crazy that so number four all time is jason witten with 1166 also still playing yeah even though he took a year off still on a roster and then fitzgerald just passed tony gonzalez who's 1325 so he's 160 ahead of witten like that's a big jump yeah fourth how far is he out of first i assume it's jerry rice 223 so Two really good seasons. Yeah, he's <laughs> If Jerry Rice played in today's offense, would he have over 2,000 catches? He'd be averaging 20 catches a game. Yeah, I think I mentioned it once before, but it was like his first 10 seasons in the NFL, besides the broken knee season. He was one through four in fantasy points in nine of those seasons. Sounds about right. Which is ridiculous, but that's neither here nor there. Uh yeah, you can yeah. always bet on Jerry Rice. Yeah. 
Speaking of betting, thanks for that one. Um, we are betting 110 to 100 on these games. We're choosing three games. Uh, standings on the year so far. I'm eight and four. Alex is six and six. Brad's three and three, and Landon's four and two. Alex has picked it up lately after a one and five start. He's gone five and one the last two weeks. Um, this week we're choosing some of those Vegas lines. Um, first one is Cardinals at Bengals. Cardinals are four and a half point underdogs, and I think the Cardinals are better than the Bengals. I do too, and especially after that uh, Monday night game. And this line may have changed. I pull these all on Monday mornings because that's when Westgate comes out with them. Um, The one thing that does worry me is the Cardinals linebackers do not like covering tight ends. Um, They give up, I think, the most yards to tight ends. Yes. And the Seahawks definitely exploited that. They threw every other ball to Disley. I think the Cardinals have given up 100 yards to every tight end they've faced. Yeah, and with their top two receivers out, um, I would imagine with Peterson being back, he's gonna be oh yeah, he's back huh? spending a decent amount of time on either on probably Christian Kirk because Boyd's yeah. gonna play more in the slot, but I think Tyler Eifert's gonna be a he's gonna big... guard his own guy. <laughs> Who was the other receiver I'm thinking of? John Ross. No. Because Ross and... On uh, the Bengals? Yeah. Uh, nobody? Yeah, maybe I'm... Uh, they have some. Thinking they of, have a guy with the last name Tate. That's what I was thinking of. But he was like a six-round pick or something? Yeah, but I mean, Boyd's going to be mainly in the slot, I would assume. Uh, and I don't know if Peterson plays much slot coverage. But either way, what the point I'm trying to get at is... I think Tyler Eifert is a huge part of the game plan for the Bengals. Yeah. Um, so I think that could be the um, the difference maker. I picked the cards to cover. I don't know if they win, but I think yeah. even if they lose, they keep it within four and a half. That's what I was leaning towards is that I don't know who's going to win this game, but I think it's close. Um, so me and you are going with the cards. Alex goes with the Bengals. Next game is the first London game of the year, which oddly enough is at 10 o'clock. So it's going to be at I, 5 p.m. over there, I think. Yeah. I think it's seven hours. Yeah, because normally it's at 6 o'clock, which would be a 1 o'clock start. Oh, okay. So, um, so I kind of like that just because I don't like... You got to make all your decisions the night before or wake up at 5 in the morning yeah. when they have London games. I'm talking fantasy football wise but it does make it the best when people wake up at like eight o'clock they think they have two hours to do stuff and they go and see that they have 18 points on the bench (laughs) because they forgot to set it yeah Uh, and it's bears quote-unquote at raiders i think Um, see i don't i really don't like that this counts as a home game for no it's they should if you if they're going to take a home game away from a team to play in London, everyone should have to play a neutral field game. I think they should just have like the Bears and the Raiders play there again next year and flip it. Yeah. So it's Raiders at yeah. Bears. But um so Bears are five and a half point favorites. I've been talking about how the Raiders don't travel. I don't know what happened in Indy last week. That was weird that the Raiders were able to play well there after getting their butts kicked the week before in Minnesota. So if they Travel twice as far, will they play twice as good? I'm going to go with no on that one. I'm just saying. Isn't Minnesota farther than Indy? 
I don't know no. how the, I don't know how the compass swings on. Indy's that. a little farther east, but Minnesota is a little farther north. Yeah. But maybe I'm gonna say Indy's farther. Um, but the Bears' defense is better than the Vikings or the Colts' defense, and I don't think the Raiders are gonna be able to do much against them. So I think the Bears win by more than six or six or more. I also do. I also, um, even though, well, not even though, you guys know I wasn't a big fan of Trubisky. Yeah. Anyway, but. When he went out this week, Chase Daniel looked as good, if not better, than him. I've been hearing a lot of bad things. Like people really dislike Trubisky. Someone brought up if the so, car, if the Bengals called and offered Dalton for Trubisky, who would say no? It's like there's no way Trubisky. I would that definitely bad. take Trubisky yeah. over. But um, I heard a lot of hype around Trubisky coming into this year, and I I didn't really see anything last year that made me think, oh, this guy's really good. But I, I thought, well, maybe everyone else saw something I didn't. And then I watched this year, and he he's been bad. He looks like he took a step backwards. Yeah. But yeah, so Chase Daniel actually looks like he's at least as good, probably better, which um, is sad than Trubisky. So I think I got no problem taking the Bears minus five and a half. Yeah. And Alex agrees with us on that one. Um, and then you go to two quarterbacks who after this year are both going to be making over $30 million and actually showing that they're good quarterbacks. Cowboys at, you know. I, uh, I just realized. Cowboys at Packers? Packers at Cowboys? I just realized that I made my picks prior to us breaking down the game, and I picked the Packers before there, and then we talked about all the stuff like the... Uh, maybe I was factoring in the line. Either way, I was like, uh, earlier I said the Cowboys were going to win. But um, so it's Cowboys at home playing against the Packers, and the Cowboys are four and a half point favorites. Um, I like the Cowboys in this game. I think their defense is going to do enough with Devontae Adams being out that they're able to win by a touchdown. Um, I maybe worry a little bit about like a backdoor cover where it's what twenty four to thirteen, and the Packers score a touchdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, but in that so, scenario, they'd go for two. So who knows? So yeah, I made this pick before we kind of broke everything down, and talked about it in depth, and then I, during that, I decided the Cowboys were going to win. I'm sticking with my pick of the Packers though, just because there is the Aaron Rodgers factor. Of so Cowboys think, win, but it's by a field goal or something. Yeah. yeah. And Alex is leaning plus Packers. boo Cowboys. Yeah. Alex is picking the Packers here because he doesn't want to get beat up by his wife. Um, Eric is a Packers fan. And that will do it for gambling this week. Remember to only do it where it's legal and betting 110 to win $100. Uh, if you want a cool hoodie like I just got, the Lamar Jackson one, go to House of Hoodies. Use promo code SHOTS to get 15% off. Uh, they're redoing their website right now, so it might be a couple days before you can get on there. But make sure to head over there to get a cool hoodie i'm gonna get a vontez perfect one Ooh. And where the team logo goes it's just gonna say na <laughs> they were gonna sell richie incognito ones but there's no hood on them <laughs> yeah that'll do it for this week richie incognito's going as ichabod crane for 